from Vistio. This is CXQA Live. A show where we talk to the world's leading CX experts about industry trends, CX technology, and transforming customer support into a streamlined strategic advantage for your business. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to CXQA Live, our weekly live discussion where we have the opportunity to speak with thought leaders and discuss the importance of the most valuable asset in your contact center, the agent. Here on CXQA Live, we believe that agents with the right tools, training, and connection with your company will be a revenue growth and protection center for your brand. They'll be the best diagnostic tool you have for your business. They'll ensure that your customers are satisfied and connected. They'll produce more and better work, and they're actually going to want to stay and contribute to the well-being of your company. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you do not instantly recognize today's speaker, please make sure that you go and follow him on LinkedIn and TikTok. And yes, I said TikTok right now to stay up to date with all these contact center trends that are going on, uh, different insights, and even real answers to actual questions that you have. Uh, Tom's very active on TikTok, and he will actually reply uh, to your comments. And doesn't matter if it's outsourcing, AI, NFTs, Web3, whatever, Tom is going to answer uh, that question to the best of his ability. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming top 25 ICMI thought leader, founder of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and Digital, uh, the contact center TikTok celebrity, the call center geek, Tom Laird. That was one of the best intros I've had in a very long time, Jacob. I appreciate it, man. It's good to be here. It's good to talk on, I think, a lot of things that are on the top of people's mind. Hopefully, we can dig a little bit deeper than uh, than I think that some people you know, kind of look at this conversation at. And I, I, I look forward to, to kind of getting into this. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, it's an absolute pleasure. And I, I could have just gone on with all the titles. Uh, but, you know, we're limited to 30 minutes on the episode. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's been way, way too long since you've been on the show. And the last time we had you, uh, we kind of had this conversation about what the contact center of the future looks like. Like, this was back in January. This was what we'll call the, the pre-chat GPT era. And it's really funny because I think we were just really starting to scratch the surface and we had all these ideas. Well, now here we are in the future. Chat GPT is a thing. The metaverse is dead. We'll maybe talk about that later. And uh, everybody is pretty much in a rat race to implement AI into their contact center. Now, obviously, we need to get back up to speed with what has and hasn't happened. So why don't we go ahead and start today's show with the very same question that I asked you almost seven months ago, do we think that artificial intelligence is going to take over the entire role of the contact center agent? I think the answer to this now is, is kind of, I think it's a win and who. So, okay. you know, if we, if we talk about in the next five years, uh, probably not. I, I don't think anybody would be, They'd be lying to you if they're going to say they knew what was about to happen more than five years from now. But, you know, I think if you do look into the future, you know, there is a world. I don't know if it's 20, 30 years, 40 years. I don't know if it's eight years that I think, you know, there is a, a huge, huge monstrous impact from an AI to an agent standpoint. But the mm -hmm. other thing is, is who's going to do it? If you talk to generative AI chatbot vendors, it's everybody. 
everybody's dying for it. They want it now. They want to just totally take everything over. And, and I don't see that. I see most clients that we deal with. I see most thought leaders in the space think this through as it's a huge piece of now a new tool that they have to utilize. Right. Mm. So, you know, in the next five years, I am personally planning on a, on about a 20% actual headcount. I'm not saying employee, but headcount on actual logged into skills um, reduction because of some of the, the generative stuff that's coming at that, that first touch point. I think there's other roles for those guys now that we can get into because everything's just kind of shifting around. I talk so much on, you know, again, I know we're going to get into the QA thing, but you know, if you can do a hundred percent, if you have a call center that does a thousand calls a day and you find a way through AI to do 1000 calls and, and you, you QA score a thousand calls, right? The next question is you, you almost need AI to then figure out what to do with all that stuff or, you know, the, the data was, that we're going to receive is going to be so massive that so many of these roles of a supervisor, of somebody in QA and workforce management are, are going to shift and new skills are going to be needed. But again, I, I think that there is a, a win in, in, in who, and, and I think there's a lot of call centers, even if it's 10 years from now, you know, again, I always say you're where before you would see, you know, somebody in, uh, in the banks that had their contact centers offshore and then you'd have, and I forget the name, I'm going to just say Citibank. And if it's not, I, I apologize. I would say, hey, you know, we have 100% USA customer support. And I think now it's going to be, we have 100% human support right, mm. from an MDM point. So I can see some of the marketing aspects of this that don't always correlate to some of the financial aspects of this. And I think with some of the tools that I know we're going to talk about here too, you know, that big gap between having a generative chatbot and having a human being with all the technology that we're infusing here in the agent as well, is going to shrink that, right? So again, yeah. is it going to be cheaper? Probably. But I, I think it's going to be at a level that you know a lot of companies are going to really start to think about, depending on how they view their culture of customer support. What's really interesting to me is I feel like when it comes to the frontline agent, like the one that you know you just call in and that's the first person that you're talking to, you kind of mentioned this too, those hard skill requirements are going to start to go away because that's what AI is going to be trained on. It's going to be trained on your knowledge base. It's going to know how to do that. It's going to know how to carry out basic functions, basic transactions. And what I find really interesting with this application of AI is we're going to start to see more value come out of those soft skills, like your agent's ability to empathize, to hold a conversation, to be able to deal with customer emotions because yeah, we don't know where AI is going to be in the next 20 years. We don't know where it's going to be in the next eight, or like you said, we really don't know beyond that five-year mark. And to me, I really see that there's going to be this value that comes from soft skills in the sense that we're going to almost have, if you want to call them super agents, right? These agents that are trained on much more empathetic interactions that know how to deal with more complex customer situations. And I don't know if that's going to be something that is recognized immediately. And my big fear of that too, is once we create these super agents, there's the argument to be made that, well, now we can cut costs more because we can just create smarter, better skilled agents. But I also kind of view it from the other side too, whereas if we keep training AI to just focus on like those tier one problems, 
then tier two and tier three are going to become more commonplace. And we're going to have more and more escalations that are going to require more and more skilled and diverse agents with those uh, specific set of skills. And who knows, we might even see an increase in the workforce as opposed to a reduction. What do you think about that? I don't know. I, I agree to that. And, and if you probably talked to me three or four months ago, I probably would have 100% agreed with that. I think that though the technology is coming so fast that the, to your point, the empathetic, the emotional IQ is what is going to sell contact centers now, because even tier two, tier three is going to be able to be handled by AI. You know, when we're talking in the next, if you're talking five years down the road, I mean, the things that you can answer right now in chat GPT is insane, right? How is that going to be in five years? But yeah. still, I think there is an empathetic, there's an empathy thing. We're losing out the conversations. I mean, I've talked about analytics is so important when you have a, an agent and a customer on the phone, when, you know, if you have an AI bot that maybe can handle that really well, from the customer standpoint, it's probably good because you're just, you know, it's very transactional. This is what you do, do that, I fix it, done. Right. But when you and I have a conversation, you're telling me other things like, um, hey, you know what? Did you guys see I saw that you came out with that product. You painted it red. Like, don't you guys think it'd be better if it was black? Right. And maybe you hear that over 200 conversations that happen. That's a lame ex example. But you kind of get what I'm saying. That can be picked up. I think we yeah. lose a lot of that voice of customer. So there's, there's things in here that I think are really important. But again, I've done a 180 on this whole thing of of seeing the how if ChatGPT can pass the bar exam, you know, with almost a perfect score, it can't answer a question about my electric bill. I don't know. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, but I, I still think that there's going to be, you know, a, a place for the agent. Everything's going to be different, but that role is going to change. Let me just say one more thing on this to your point of the super agent, James mm -hmm. Dawkins, who I love. Yes. We had a conversation on this too, and and he talked about you know the the role of the contact center agent throughout time, right? And say the last thirty years has been. You know, it's not hugely thought of, right? It's normally a, a, a position where you start in an organization, you move up. And he kind of says the same thing. The super agent will come in to where you're going to handle these extremely complex things. You need to know multiple things. That's going to be one of the highest paid things in an organization. That, that was kind of – and, and I, I can kind of see that as well. So, again, I, I think we're naive, and, and I'm done with naivety of thinking that AI is not going to be able to answer all this. But I, I still think that there is not everyone's going to want that. Not every organization is going to want that from that human touch, from that that human standpoint. And I think that you know that's really what we're going to see is is the the human capital of that. The emotional IQ is what everybody and I've been preaching that forever. That's what you should be hiring now for. Right? Yes. Not not because I've been working in the call center for twenty years. I think that that becomes a little bit more important for sure. Absolutely. And it, it's funny you mentioned human capital. I think that's really. And especially as we start to evolve with AI more and more, uh, we've talked about this before, not you and I, but it's been talked about on the show. There's almost like a differentiator now, right? Where people might actually prefer to do business with a business that has purely 100% human interaction with no AI. And then you're also going to have the flip side, maybe somebody who doesn't want to talk to anybody and right. just wants to be purely self-service. So it, it's kind of a mixed bag there, but you know, you and I are a lot in agreement when it comes to there are going to be complex situations that require uh, more and more people. So I think we're going to see some sort of reskilling of these frontline agents, maybe into that super agent. But, you know, when we talk more about like transactional and what we can train AI on, 
What roles in the contact center do you think that AI will eventually replace? And what's going to happen to those people in those roles? <laughs> QA is done. Like I am still standing on my soapbox that if, you know, the things that even we are working on now to automate QA forms, and I know a lot of other organizations are working on them now to use ChatGPT to that point. You know, we're, we have a, a rollout next week for our clients, our internal clients, right, that where we can automate 100% using their exact form because that's what we did all of our testing on for our new platform. And if little old Expedia with, you know, four IT guys and four developers, right, can figure that out, you know, the, the CX1s and the Genesis and some third party out there that has 200 programmers, you guys, you know, whoever that is, it's going to be figured out and it's going to be figured out. I still think by the end of the year, you know, so to, to have a, a real tool and I know, you know, some other, you know, AI companies out there already have a tool that can kind of do it. I don't know if it's, it's fully there yet, but you know, I think if you're talking in the next five years, the scoring of QA calls and I'm talking more scoring, right? Not yeah. coaching aspect. Although I think that that's coming as well to where the AI is going to score a call you know, if it's the, they have a 65 on that call because they didn't uh, read a disclosure and they didn't recognize a closing sign, um, I think it's going to f- go into the archive, find a call that does that, cut it, send it to the agent and be like, hey, make sure that you listen to this. Here's the two things that you didn't do on that call. Like that's coming. People are working on that now. That's yeah. going to be here very, very quickly from from the QA. So again, I think QA is 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 a big one that, you know, is is going away. I think the, you know, the moving of agents in bigger call centers and in BPOs, hey, we see a queue. Hey, can we move three more people there? Change those preferences. That's going away as, you know, workforce management merges with workforce intelligence where I'm seeing that right now as well. So to have, you know, predicted wait times known by workforce management to think, okay, this service level is going to go to here. So I need to bring these agents in now and have that all thought through. And I have Janie here whose handle time is really high, so I'm going to lower her preference so she takes less calls. But I know she plays this game, so I'm going to make sure I know the supervisor, tell the supervisor to talk to her to make sure that, you know, all of that, almost like that supervisor, that's kind of like supervisor assist, right? Like, And I know people are doing real-time kind of supervision and, and those kind of things talking about sentiment, but I think it goes to another level. I think that's in the next year or so. A lot of people are working on on those type of tools. And I think the other thing that, you know, for if I just could name three is, and I'm probably blowing my whole list. I know we're going to talk about like where the call center is in the next five years, but, fine. you know, analytics is is going to have a huge, you know, change to where we had analysts before, right? We had analysts that would go and, and have to, you know, query and, and look for things. That's going to be totally done. Now it's going to be basically, it's going to tell you. So you're going to sit down at a, at a desktop and, you know, basically just say, hey, what happened yesterday? Right. And then, and just basically get a read of, hey, your overall sentiment was at a 62. Here were the agents that were lower. Handle time for the five agents weren't there. Three customers swore yesterday. Here's the recordings, right? To give this overall. So, no more looking at the bubbles, right? Of what we see from a trending keywords, trending phrases, frustration, those kind of things that we have to kind of parse and think through. We have the data and it's kind of showing it, but we really have to dig deeper into it. You know, I think that, you know, that analyst position, those kind of things are, are, are kind of going away too with the ease of AI and the AI becoming kind of that, that analyst. So I don't know. I think QA, I think the supervisor role changes a lot and has a lot more tools. 
So you're going to probably need less. And then, you know, from a, in an analytics standpoint, your front end agents, supervisors are going to be able to use that tool now where before it had to be in the back room with an analyst making reports for C-levels. So here's my take on it, right? First of all, I, I do want to point out, and Stacy's down here too, QA scoring is done. That is a very controversial statement, but I love it. I love that you're going to continue to stand on your soapbox and preach. But yes, Dave, Dave Seaton, I was actually going to bring this up, just pointed out. Jacob and I were talking about that last week. This was after the previous episode. QA as a career path will go away. We won't even have humans who QA the AI because we will have AI assess itself. Let me just say this too, Jacob, like even with what we are doing now, and this is rudimentary, but you can see how good it is. We are asking, so even, you know, we're debating when we go to market with, with this QA AI product, instead of people paying just for, you know, let's say you get, I don't know, a thousand QAs a month, we're going to do confident QA, right? Where yeah. we ask that GPT to score based on the transcript right now, because voice is very difficult and, and cost effective, but based on the transcript, you know, from anything above an eight or nine out of 10, then yes, it believes that that score that it is giving is right because it really could get into the transcript. But if, if there's things that are fours and fives, right. And that's right now. So I, I mean, I agree here with, with Dave, I think there's good, almost like the, the AI supervisor, at least the AI kind of taking a compartmentalizing that and kind of seeing if things are, are right or not, even with what it's scoring. Yeah. And to go off of Dave's point, it kind of interests me too. Like, obviously we're not talking anytime in the near future, but is it going to be a situation where you may not even need that supervisor? What do you do with them then? If the AI is able to just kind of police itself, essentially, which is a very dangerous statement to make. Uh, there's a lot of controversial opinions out there about whether or not we need to continue to police AI, but it's all about how much the AI is learning from us. It's only learning what we feed it, right? So we kind of have to be careful because we know about hallucination and whatnot. And I think I personally think that we're always going to need somebody there to just check in on it from time to time. But it is interesting, kind of like this whole idea of like prompt engineering and it's essentially just being able to do its own system of checks and balances on its information. But yeah, you know, you. I think you're not to interrupt, but this is what's going to happen. Okay. It's going to be vendors that are going to say, hey, we can do this. And they're just going to be hammering agents with things, right? Yep. Because they think that's what's wanted. Right. Instead, I, I think I, to your point, it's 100 percent right. You know, my agents are even skeptical right, about what we're doing from this AI QA deal. Right. There is yeah. there is there's that that we have to go through and we have to make sure that, hey, guys, listen, we're, we're calibrating things. We want you to even score them like you can kind of trust this. Right. But I think it still does go to a supervisor. Right. At least right now. Now, maybe some of those things like once a day, like, hey, here's a here's a midday recap and, and here's some things to maybe look at. But if we do have a QA issue or AI finds that to send that to the supervisor. And again, I think that that's a cultural thing, right? But I think like, I would never do that. I'm still going to have a, a supervisor there that maybe takes that data and talks to that agent. But again, the choices are going to be there now, right? If you want to fully automate everything, right? Good luck, right? But you could do it eventually, Right. But I, I still don't think most people want that. Most vendors don't understand that. And that's why there's very little differentiation in the space. Everybody's kind of fighting for the same thing because nobody's really thinking this thing through 
right? From what an agent really wants. What does a supervisor really want? What does a call center really want? All they think of it as is how do my lowering costs for a call center? Um, and how do I take headcount away? But there's so much more nuance to this thing that the companies that are trying to figure that out, and hopefully that, that's kind of something that we're doing as well, you know, yeah. are going to be the ones that really thrive in this in this spot. Well, AI is always going to be, at least for the time being, one of those things where we have to try it and then fail and then get back up and try it again. But something I love that you said, like you're involving your team in this, right? You want them to be aware of what's going on. And I think, honestly, just speaking from a personal standpoint and from what I've seen and what I've heard and people I've talked to, there's not a whole lot of education going on. There is about people trying to learn about AI on their own, but I think it's also very important that we're very transparent with our contact center teams, whether it's agents, supervisor, QA, whoever, training experts, like being able to be transparent about what AI is doing for them, how it's going to make their job better. So that way you don't kind of have that overhanging gloom and doom of, oh my God, well, AI is going to come in. It's going to take my job. I'm not going to have a role anymore. I don't know what to do anymore. So I think the more transparent we are when it comes to talking about with what we're going to accomplish with AI, uh, no, it's not just going to cut costs. I know that's everybody's most favorite thing to do when push comes to shove, somebody's got to get cut, but there's so much more nuance to that. And there's like the culture that we have to continue to just bring out no matter what we do. So if we do implement AI, it's like, okay, well, how do I continue to let my agents know that they're supported through this and that we're not just doing it to like lower headcount and just say, hey, hasta la vista, we don't need you here anymore. I I think how we're doing it in in the right way to do this is from the agent out, not from the top down, right? So everybody, all, any vendor that is into generative AI, you go to call center week, you go to call and call tech center expo, it's the first touch point that's what we're doing. We're taking away your agent. You don't need to pay for that, right? Yeah. You get into you know some of the other guys, right, and that are doing analytics, that are doing agent assist, that are doing you know some of those types of things, right? I think that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to infuse tools. And when I say me, I mean kind of Expedia, right? But I think a lot of the BPOs and a lot of the friends that I talk to industry-wise are trying to do things, right? Get agent assist. Get your analytics get workforce management, get all these tools that you have that is not that expensive, right? Infuse mm-hmm. with all of this technology, get your agents as good as they possibly can and keep working it too. Now, if you have a client that says, hey, Tom, I'm leaving if you don't go and you know cut my headcount and give me this type of AI, then yeah, we're going to do it. But I think you know, once, we, once the agents see that, wow, there's a lot of really cool things here. And then we get to the top where we're saying, okay, now we're going to do self-service as well, guys. And they're like, okay, but all of this is already a, it's in their head as, as something that's really cool. And they're not yeah. afraid of it. instead of just, you know, working here and, and kind of creating that fear, not investing in anything in the agent. And it's going to be bad. Like there's no doubt about it. It's, it's going to be the IBR rollout of, you know, the early eighties. It's going to be bad when, when you just say, this is all, all I'm going to do. We're doing it now. And cause you don't even know who to buy it from. Like everybody's doing the same thing, right? There's no differentiation in the space. It's super annoying. Nobody even wants to dig deeper into a lot of the things that that they're doing. And it's, it's, it'd be, it's difficult. Um, And a lot of the big players like the CCAS guys don't have anything good yet. They're just still strapping things on. So there's confusion with it. And C-level guys don't care about confusion. All they care about is lower my cost. They're making this, the CIOs make these decisions without the call center thinking about it. And a lot of mistakes are being made. I see it every single day. So there's a good way to do this, a bad way to do this. And 
And I think there's the, the cultural aspect of an organization. This is where things really come into play. What is your culture when it deals with CX? And that will be the driving force of what happens with you and how you do this AI thing and if your rollout's going to be good or, or poor. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if nobody takes away anything else besides this from the episode, it's so important that you continue to maintain culture no matter what you do. Like Tom just mentioned, you know, when, when the IVR first came out, there was a lot of fear around that and like, oh, this is going to completely change my job. And I've had discussions with people. It's like, well, what really happened? Well, IVR sucks now <laughs> and uh, no, nobody likes using it. And it's going to be a little bit different with AI, I think, because AI is a lot more technologically advanced. But no matter what, no matter how far we decide to evolve this technology, no matter where it goes, it's always important to remember that no matter what happens, you continue to think about your agents, your supervisors, uh, everybody that's involved in the process. You just continue to uh, remember that they are the foundation. They are what essentially has created your process in the first place. And just being able to maintain that and uphold that, I think is really important. So Tom, about seven months ago, we had the same exact conversation here. And I know towards the end of the show, we actually got to have a little bit of fun thinking about what does the contact center of the future look like? And I think we talked a little bit about metaverse and uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's still a factor. I've heard people say that it's dead. I've heard people say that it's still well alive and we're still going to do things. We're still going to market everything to be there. But let's say five years from now, because we don't want to go beyond that. In your mind, what does the contact center of the future look like? I mean, it's, it's fully immersed with AI um, at every level. I am planning right now, even, you know, in the next probably three years for a 20 to 25% reduction in headcount from the top tier agent that is answering those, you know, frontline calls based on the technology that's coming out. I mean, it is what it is. I think that there is a, a different place as we kind of talked about for some of these agents, but, you know, worldwide, I think you are going to see, you know, headcount drop pretty significantly in the, you know, 20 to 25% range. I'm not going to talk about chatbots and generative stuff. Like that's boring. And I think you know, we've, we've kind of you know beat that thing to death. Not we, but yeah. industry-wise, we beat it to death. But again, I, I mean, talking about the things that I talked about, like the, the difference that you're going to see in QA, the, the massive improvements that analytics is going to bring to everybody to get that away from an analyst, to get that away from somebody who's higher up, to get it to the floor where everybody's utilizing it in real time. Um, looking, having it tell you things that are happening in real time from a supervisor standpoint to you know, what is happening with, hey, we just had 32 customers call us about a FedEx issue, right? There's instead of us looking now and, and maybe waiting for two hours for transcriptions and things to come in to have real time, hey, red flag, you could have some logistical issues right now. Go talk to the warehouse. Mm -hmm. I think that that stuff is, is coming into play you know, relatively quickly for sure in the next five years, you know, we're seeing that. I think WFM totally changes and WFM merges with, with W, I call it WFI, Workforce Intelligence, right? So, yeah. right, not only is it looking at forecasting, not only looking is your staffing and your adherence, but it's looking at real-time data that's coming in. And we do this to a certain point now, but to get better at the prediction based on not only the forecast, but what is happening in the IVR, what is happening with handle times of agents, who do I need to move in and out of skills? Who needs preferences higher or lower to make sure that I hit this service level over here? I have a little bit of tolerance over here, like things that we can't, 
there's just too much going on for a human being, unless you're really great at this thing, right? To yeah. be able to, to really change and to see. So it's like, that's where I think AI is awesome, right? Where it's just thinking through so many different scenarios at once to give you the best outcomes. I see that really, you know, kind of taking a, having a, a huge thing, you know, agent assist is going to just be amazing, right? The, the amount of, of information that, you know, we'll be able to give an agent, we're going to have to really think how that works because we're going to be able to give the agent everything from even how calls are getting to you, right? From a routing standpoint, right? To, to look at not just, you know, CRM data, yeah. not just looking at the next available agent, but looking at sentiment, looking at the type of customer trends and buys that this customer has, what is the personality? Because the last time they called in, they were they spoke extremely quickly. They want to get way up the phone. So I got to match the personality with them, with a customer, with an agent that can match that as well. Or I have you know maybe somebody who's a little bit older that wants to talk more. I don't want to give them to Jim. I want to give them to Susie because she's just more empathetic and nicer. Developing yeah. those type of very difficult ways to route that AI can do extremely easily I think is, is something that we're going to see. And, uh, you know, the nice guys, it was pre COVID, you know, they talked about this kind of personality routing and, and while it is still there, you know, it's not a mainstream kind of thing, but I think, you know, really tone, right. Instead of just word choice starts to really come in with a lot of this, these different AI companies. So, you know, that rolls into, you know, looking at voice authentication, mm. looking at security and, and how good that is. I mean, there's a company out there. I just took a, they asked me to do a demo yesterday. They can tell you your age, your height, your race, a ton of different demographic data that they found based on your voice. So, you know, even looking past now, if we have AI that can fake voices, right? They found a way to kind of get through that, but maybe there's questions that banks now need to ask, right? I'm six foot two because I have that on my driver's license and I'm 42 years old. In different ways to authenticate now, not just based on kind of what you say in your voice, but looking at the next level down. That's coming very quickly. They're doing it now with a couple of test clients. Next five years, that thing will be will be super cool. And then I think you know some of the things that you guys have been working on too, from a training aspect, right? To have almost VR, right? Not with goggles, but have a virtual <laughs> customer, you know, being able to talk, being able to have a you know have plug and play. 150 different scenarios in voice and chat and email and digital and Twitter and Facebook and, and discord and all of these different channels of how things can happen. And then, you know, be able to test, be able to score those calls and be able to get very, very comfortable before they get on. And, and then again, bring some of that training aspect of, Hey, listen to this call because I think you struggled a little bit here. So yeah, I think if you want to be cool and being cool, meaning, you know, be a, you have a huge impact on your customer experience. The companies are going to have so much opportunity to differentiate where right now it is, you know, everybody's just looking at this one front end, first time, first touch and a self-service kind of thing. But the companies mm-hmm. say, Hey, listen, we want to do a real, a real digital transformation. We've talked about this digital transformation going on for years. And as prices come down and all this stuff, I think the customer experience maybe for the first time, literally in our lifetime may go back up. Like if you look, customer experience, no matter how much technology has come out, every single year it goes down. And I just, and again, the last thing I want to say on this too is I I had a huge thing too. I think it's going to drop even further in the next year because everybody's going to do this whole 
AI thing that they're not prepared for, that they don't really know enough about. They're not going to be able to integrate it with all their stuff. It's not going to do everything that they think it's going to do. They're going to get rid of agents when they should have kept their agents. It's going to be a disaster. But then once we see that, I think there's going to be some little bit of a transformation. Some of these companies come together. People are starting to think, all right, I'm going to just worry about the QA process. I'm going to worry about the self-service process. I'm doing the workforce management process and uh, develop those kind of tools that I think really could have an impact on CX in the positive while still utilizing right that front end as an option for, yeah. for a lot of customers. So self-service, if you want to use self-service, it's going to be awesome, right? In the next five years, it's going to be way beyond the IBR. It's going to be way beyond that chatbot that you're on anybody's website on now. If you want to use it, it's going to be cool. But if you don't want to use it, your experiences are going to be so much better than, than what we're, we're doing now. At least I hope, at least that's the kind of the, at least the plan for our roadmap here of what, of what we're looking to do. And I think a lot of companies are, are looking to do that as well. Yeah, I think so. Well, guys, unfortunately, believe it or not, we are actually past time, about five minutes over. But uh, man, I, I think it was absolutely worth it. You know, we, we kind of see X almost as like this, this phoenix that rises from the ashes of failure, so to speak. But if you guys enjoyed the episode, please, please make sure that you go and follow Tom on all the social media, on LinkedIn, on TikTok. Please make sure you're following him on TikTok because he posts daily, right? You, you do post every single day, yeah. at Correct. least. But otherwise, we hope you all have a fantastic day. Uh, don't forget to go make a difference in the world today. And if you do have time, we are going to be in the discussion table, just kind of carrying the conversation forward, hanging out, having a good time. So if you got time, we look forward to seeing you there. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. Tom, thanks again for being here. And we'll see you all next week. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. We'll see you. Listen to a recording of this and other episodes. Visit vistio.io forward slash podcasts. And to join our show live each week, go to vistio.io forward slash CX Live.